right. Well, good morning, Trace. How are we doing this morning? Everybody doing all right? How many of you guys, how many of you guys appreciate technology? Anybody appreciate it? Like, I love technology, and this morning I got up, I've got an Apple Watch, and I look, and it's like, oh, it's June 9th, and it's 39 degrees. Like, this, those two don't, um, um, this, that doesn't go together. And so when we plan a church cookout, we think in June we're going to be safe, but obviously we're not, and so we're still going to have that. Hopefully you can stick around, have a good time with us. Uh, if you forgot to bring something, Costco's about five minutes down the road, and so you can grab something, come back, and enjoy it. We don't get to do that very often, but when we do do it, hopefully uh, you'll stay and stick around and have fun time with us. Hey, let me say a couple of things really quick. We know this is summertime. And because this is summertime, we know a lot of you are going to be traveling. You're going to be going to different places, and uh, we love that. We, we hope that you have an incredibly intentional time with your family and that you take full, like, uh, just take advantage of it in, as much, in the best way you can. Uh, but if you don't have to miss church, if you don't have to miss church, I would encourage you not to miss church. And for what it's worth, like, this is not our idea. What we're doing here, what we're doing right now, it's not our idea. It's God's idea. And it was his priority to, make, to, to tell us that one of our priorities should be that we gather together, because when we gather together, we grow together. And so, man, just hearing Abby lead us in that song just a few minutes ago, like, that's worth it. Like, my sermon, it, it, it's okay. But like that song, uh, just being here and being able to witness and experience those moments together, uh, man, I would encourage you to never miss out on those unless you absolutely have to. So make God's priorities your priorities. Hey, I want to celebrate something really quick. And it happens, um, or this celebration, what I want to celebrate happened on the other end of something that happened that was unfortunate last week. Uh, last week, we had a family here in our church that lost their mom unexpectedly. And what that led to was us actually facilitating the first funeral that we've done here uh, in this location, in this building, uh, as a church. Now, if you don't know this, we have something called a tragedy response team. And so even though I wasn't officiating the, the funeral, I did come and observe and just made myself available. And I got to see our tragedy response team in action. And I was just incredibly proud of our church. If you don't know this, one of our key traces here is that we want to extend hope when life hurts. And I got to see that uh, lived out tangibly last Sunday. And if you're interested in being a part of that team, uh, they do a lot more than funerals. Anytime that like, life just kind of catches us off guard and there's a tragedy, uh, we want this team to kind of you know, be the first step forward for our church to help initiate whatever help we can. Again, we're extending hope when life hurts. And so if you're interested in that and that tragedy response team, make sure you come find us at guest services before you leave today. Well, guys, today we are continuing in our GLOW series, and we're going to continue through the book of John. This is what this series is all about. We're going to be making our way through the gospel of John throughout the summer. And so if you have your Bibles with you today, open them up to John chapter 3. That's where we're going to be. So you can open them up, turn them on, however you read God's Word. And I want to let you know that uh, I typically, and you know this if you come often, I don't typically uh, title my sermons. But based on the subject at hand today, I did decide that a title would be valuable. And so the title of my sermon today is going to be Doorways to Darkness. And let me go ahead and let you know this up front. This sermon is going to be difficult to hear for some of you. This sermon is going to leave you with some work to do when you walk out of those doors today. And for what it's worth, I hope that's our posture and response every week. My hope is that nobody's coming in here with a box to check or to come in here as spectators. Let me just kind of listen and then I'll go and continue to live my life the way that I always have. My hope is that we experience what God wants us to experience as being a part of his movement called the ecclesia of Jesus, the church. And that is coming in here and getting to know God so that when we leave here, we can better show God. 
And so my hope is that's our posture every single week. And I'll go ahead and let you know this. Like if you're, uh, if you're not a believer, if you've yet to put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, uh, we're glad you're here. This is a place that you can belong well, for, well before you believe. And so today you're actually going to get a pass because specifically today I'm going to be talking to followers of Jesus. And if you are a follower of Jesus, here's my encouragement to you. Today I want you to listen. I want you to listen, and specifically, I want you to listen for God's voice. Now, I've never heard from God audibly, and so for me, when I say listen for the voice of God, it's allowing God to navigate my thoughts to where he wants them to go. And so I want you to listen for that, and I want you to listen to this message, because I think this message, as hard as it may be to hear and to allow it to take root in our lives, I think it's going to be a very important message. And then most importantly, I want you to listen to his word. And so without any further ado, let's jump into that right now. In John chapter 3, beginning in verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. That little chunk right there is incredible theology. Verse 19, this is the verdict then, that light, light has come into the world. But people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. And everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that they have done, excuse me, that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. And our main text really is going to come from verse 20 to 21. So let me read it again. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God of God. Hold that thought. There's a little routine that we go through in the Pennington household. We've got four kids and two of our younger kids, as we're putting them to bed at night, uh, we put them to bed and as we're leaving, we turn out the light and we begin to close the door. And it's almost, it's just like almost clockwork. One of their little voices will pipe up and say, can you open it up just a little bit more, dad? Can you open it up just a little bit more, mom? Because for them, the light exposes what was unseen in the darkness. And a little bit of light, a little bit of light can go a long way. Let me even the playing field for us this morning. All of us, all of us have some darkness in our lives, some areas that we don't want to be exposed. And so the bigger question that I have for each of us this morning is this, what could God do what could God do if you allowed just a little bit more light into your life? Let me say it differently. What could God reveal? What could God reveal to you specifically if you would just allow a little bit more of his light, his light into your life? Maybe even allow him to light up some of the darker corners of your life. And so knowing that this is going to be a little heavier what I'd like to do right now is just say a prayer for us. And yeah, let's do that right now. Just join me in prayer. Father, I pray that our hearts are open and that our minds are ready and that, 
our lives and even the darker corners of our lives are ready to be exposed today, that we would invite a little bit more of your light into our lives to show us where we've maybe potentially even accidentally at times allowed too much darkness to seep into our life. And so, Father, would you help us? Would you guide us? And Father, for those in here right now that maybe even have a little lump developing in their throat because of what they know they've been attempting to hide, that you would give them your peace and your calm and remind them of your grace as we approach this difficult subject. We pray this in Jesus' name and everybody said. I don't know if you've noticed this, but when you read through the Gospels, you'll notice that this idea of light as an analogy, as a metaphor, comes up often, whether, whether it's the Gospel writers uh, using the metaphor of light when referencing Jesus, or Jesus himself using light to reference, him, reference himself. And so what I want to do is kind of think through this, like what is so big, what's so important about light that it's oftentimes put in reference to Jesus? And so let's look at this for a second. Light, it keeps us alive, right? Light guides us. Light reveals things that we couldn't see before. Light removes fear of darkness specifically. Light makes things grow. And so based on these descriptions, maybe now we can see more clearly why Jesus is often describing himself as the one true light because he gives us life. Life in abundance, we read in John chapter 10. He guides us. He reveals things to us. He removes fear and he makes things grow. And I think most of us, especially if we've decided to follow Jesus, it's like, yes, we get this, and man, we want to live in the light. None of us intentionally want to invite darkness into our life. Like, we want to live here. This is what we want. Last week, we read Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus says, let your light shine before men so that they can see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And when we read that, there's part of us, some of us probably even get excited, where it's like, yes, I want to live for Jesus. I want to live in the light. I want to let that reflect for other people to see. And hopefully my life can be a light tower, a guiding post to guide them in the direction of Jesus. Yes, that's what I want. But then life happens. And we might get a little bit sidetracked. And we begin to lose sight of the one true light. And ever so slightly, we begin to drift towards darkness. It's just a couple pictures. I won't let it get out of control. I'm just going to text him really quick to see how he's doing. I haven't seen him since college. My husband doesn't need to know. I won't let it go too far. Yeah, I heard it had a lot of nudity in it, but they said they watched it on Netflix, so it can't be too bad. Yeah, let's just, let's just skip church again. I'd rather sleep in. And before you know it, you're wearing one of these. <laughs> I debated on whether I was going to put that in there because I didn't want to lose you too long, so come back with me really quick. I thought that would be a good breather. I know this is going to be heavy. Guys, cracking the doorway to darkness is usually subtle. And then it gets a little slippery. And before you know it, you're in a sin that you feel stuck in. And spiritually speaking, we begin to fear the light. We actually begin to fear the light because it exposes our darkness. I don't think I need to say this, but this is a very dangerous place to be. When I think back to different moments in my life where I cracked the doorway to darkness, I can look back on it now and give you some observations being several years removed from it. 
And one of the observations that I think that I could give you is when I cracked the doorway to darkness, and if you haven't caught up with this yet, this is just a parallel, a metaphor of allowing sin into our life, oftentimes deliberately. But when I would crack one door, what I've noticed is looking back is once I cracked one door, it was easier to crack the next one. You see, when we allow darkness to seep into our life, that darkness wants to breed darkness. And it happens really quick. And so what I learned that I had to do as I started to allow more darkness into my life, oftentimes doing things that I didn't want to be exposed, is I had to hide them. How do you hide them? Well, you got to lie more. And so I began to lie more to make sure that my, the darker corners of my life weren't being exposed. And I had to put myself around people that made it a lot easier to make compromises in my faith in Christ, because at that point I was still a believer. And with time, unfortunately, some of that darkness began to define me. And I tried to stay away from places like this, and people like you. I feared that some of the darker areas of my life would be exposed and I would actually be seen for who I really was. Friends, this gets incredibly dangerous. But let me remind you, if any of this represents you today, that this is a place that you can stop pretending. This is a place where we say statements over and over and over again, specifically because we know some of you need to hear it. And so even though it may be completely, like incredibly redundant for some of you, we like to make statements like this. Most of us are like the rest of us. Because one of the things the enemy is attempting to do in this moment is to tell you that, no, 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 don't ever let anybody know about that because that's just your problem. And if anybody ever knew about that, man, they would never accept you. They would never love you, never be able to be a part of whatever we would call this. And so I want to encourage you today, first, this is a place where you can stop pretending, and this is why I try to share my junk with you as often as possible to give you a path to, to, to know that it's okay to expose different areas of your life that maybe you've kept hidden for way too long and that most of us are like the rest of us. Maybe one of the best examples that I could use to illustrate that point would be this right, <clears throat> this right here. Do you know that one of the most commonly shared dreams among people is standing in front of an audience naked or in your underwear? Real quick, just who, who's been there? Raise it, raise your hands, come on. The rest of you are lying there seems to be a common thread in our fear of being exposed. Now this, unfortunately, actually happened to me uh, when I was in fifth grade. When I was in fifth grade, we had a field day, and we're running around outside, and one of my friends, I can't remember what game we were playing, but he grabs my shorts and yanks, and they rip almost entirely off. And so I run to the bathroom, and one of the kids comes after me and says, hey, the teacher said she can sew it up for you. And I'm like, great, do you have something else I can put on? And he was like, no. And so I took off my shorts, and I'm standing there in my tidy whities and uh, he takes off with my shorts, and so I'm a fifth grader standing in the bathroom in my underwear. And kids would walk in. I didn't know what to say, so I'd say, well, you never seen a guy in his underwear before? <laughs> I'm still going to counseling. Um, yeah. Do you know what I've learned that we probably don't want to expose more than anything? Secrets. Most of us likely have carried one at some point in our life, or maybe you're carrying one right now. And the reason why secrets 
are such a hard thing to carry is because we typically don't want them to be exposed. And so in order for us not to expose them, we have to hide them. Based on the little exercise that we did on Easter, if you were here with us, almost every single person in this room said they struggled with a secret. And can we just be real? Like it sucks carrying secrets, doesn't it? Because we have to hide them. And in order to hide them, then we have to pretend maybe yours is a secret or maybe your secret is a sin. Maybe it's a struggle. Maybe it's a scar. Maybe it's a situation. Maybe it's that one Saturday night when you knew you shouldn't, but you did anyway. You know what I know about secrets? They love darkness because they don't want to be exposed. And I don't think, again, I don't think I need to tell you this, but this can become very dangerous because when we pretend based on trying to hide these secrets, we have to pretend that we're somebody that we're not. And when we pretend, we lose sight of ourselves. And when we lose sight of ourselves, we become imposters. And it started with something just subtle. And then it ended up with us feeling stuck. It started with just a small crack of the door of darkness, just allowing a little bit of sin into our life. But with time, that darkness actually began to define us. Friends, this is why we choose to do church the way that we do it. This is why we want to be a place where you can stop pretending. This is why we make statements like this all the time. You can't hide and you can't heal. At the same time, In other words, the sin that you know that you're attempting to conceal the most right now is probably the sin that you need to reveal the most because a little bit of darkness goes much deeper and becomes more dangerous than you ever thought it could be when you were just cracking the door. So let me ask you a really hard question. What exists in the darker corners of your life right now that needs to be exposed? Because if it isn't exposed... You are putting yourself at risk to let that darkness define you. For you, it could be a secret. For you, it could be a sin. It could be a struggle. It could be a scar. And so what I'd like for you to do today as we begin to move towards allowing just a little bit more light into our life together is to make this psalm our prayer. (laughs) Investigate my life, O God. Found out, find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong. Then guide me on the road to Jesus. Guide me on the road to the one true light. Guide me on the road to eternal life. Guys, let's be honest. None of us, none of us want to invite darkness into our lives, right? We didn't set out to do that. None of us want to invite darkness into our life, but it happens, We let our guard down. We get sucked into the current of culture. Everybody else is doing it. And even though we would still call Christ Lord, if we were honest, he's no longer our leader. We're not allowing him to guide us. Maybe he's not our one true light. Oh, come on, Aaron. It's just a small crack. Who doesn't look at a little porn these days? Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light, but when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. No, nobody else is gonna know. I'm not hurting anybody. Surely what I do behind closed doors for a little bit of fun isn't that big of a deal, is it? 
Expose these things for the sham they are. It's a scandal when people waste their lives on things they must do in the darkness where no one will see. Rip the cover off those frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ. They're just words. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I probably go too far sometimes and I th- say things to her that are hurtful and damaging, and, but she'll get, she'll get over it. And the kids, man, they're resilient. They're fine. I mean, my words don't make that much of a difference. Do they? The time is coming when everything that is covered up will be revealed and all that is secret will be made known to all. Whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light and what you have whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetops for all to hear. You see, friends, we don't ever set out to end up here, do we? It's a slow fade that begins when we dismiss the danger of just cracking the door to darkness. And maybe right now, some of you feel like you're already in too deep, that there's no way out. It started with just a subtle thing, then it got a little slippery, didn't it? And now you're stuck. But I'm here to remind you today that a little bit of light goes a long way. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he has called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. And I have come, Jesus says, as the light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. And last one, hear hear me out. The light will always shine in the darkness. And the darkness, listen to me, can never, everybody say never, can never extinguish it. Today I want to boldly ask you to step away from whatever darkness you have allowed to seep into your life. Today is the day that you shut the door. Maybe you need to confess something. Maybe you need to get rid of something. Maybe you need to pour it down the drain. Maybe you need to call it off. Maybe you need to tell him no. Maybe you need to stop justifying that show. Maybe you need to cancel that commitment. Maybe you need to say no more. Maybe today is the day that you finally close the door. The door that you have left open for far too long that is allowing darkness to determine too much of your destination. Today I want you to move toward light. And if you don't know what that means, if you don't know what that looks like, then start with the cross. As your pastor... I want to use my availability, my example, and my influence to help. And one of the best ways I can help you is to always point you to hope. And hope isn't as much a principle as it is a person. And his name is Jesus. And right now, I want you to spend time in his presence. Maybe beginning with this psalm as your prayer. Investigate my life, O God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong. Then guide me, Lord, on the road to yourself. We're going to transition into a time of response right now. And I've intentionally kept this sermon a little bit short because I want you to spend some real time with God. I want you to make that psalm your prayer. And I want you to allow just a little bit more light into your life because a little bit of light can go a long way 
And so for those of you in here that are feeling that conviction, I want you to listen to it. Stop stiff-arming the Holy Spirit and welcome it. God's not here to make you feel shame. God's never going to lead with guilt. He leads with grace. We talked about this last week. And because he leads with grace, there's no reason to be ashamed. This is about you finding healing. In James chapter 5, James says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. In other words, when we get that crap out, we can bring healing in. This is why we say you can't hide and you can't heal at the same time. And the enemy's playground is when you isolate yourself with some of the darker corners of your life. And so if you're, feeling, if you're feeling convicted, make sure you don't mistranslate that for guilt. Listen to it. Because maybe that conviction, or that, yes, that conviction is going to lead you to a confession. Maybe that confession just begins with you and God. Yes, he already knows, but there's something good about getting it out. Maybe that conviction will lead you to a conversation that you need to have with someone. Maybe apologizing. I don't know what that looks like, but you need to set that conversation up. Maybe that conviction will lead you to a cancellation. And this is going to take a little bit more for you to do, but maybe you know you need to shut down your Facebook account. Maybe you, need to know, maybe you know you need to cancel Netflix or HBO or Showtime because that's where you've been flirting with darkness, isn't it? But what, whatever that looks like, would you allow God's light to expose some of the darkness in your life right now and do something about it? I'm going to pray for us, and for those of us that have put our faith and trust in Jesus, there are four corners around the room with a cross. And at those stations, there's a cracker that represents the body of Jesus. It was broken for you on the cross, and we're going to dip it in a cup of juice that represents his blood that was spilled out for the forgiveness of your sins. So you don't have to sit in shame or guilt this morning. But I want you to remember that because of what Christ has accomplished for you on the cross, light will always overcome darkness. So I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to encourage you to spend some, spend some time with the Lord, and I pray it's a thin space between you and Him. Let me pray for us. Father, some of us get scared when this conversation comes up. Some of us know exactly what needs to be exposed, but we're we're scared to death of ever getting it out. And so, God, even if some of that darkness never makes it to the places of other people knowing, God, I pray that people in this room right now would expose that darkness to you, regardless of the fact that you already know it's there, that they would just open their lives up to you because I believe in the opening of their life to you and exposing that darkness, God, they're going to allow a little bit more of your light to come in. So, Father, I pray whatever that looks like. For some people, they're going to need your encouragement today. They're going to need to feel your compassion and your grace because it was a pretty big mistake that was made. For others, they're going to need to feel some of your healing because of a scar that was left in their life from somebody else. And unfortunately, that scar has dictated too much of what their life looks like. Father, I want you to bring healing for them. For others, it's a sin that they deliberately allowed to come into their life and maybe now they feel stuck in it. And so God, through the power of your Holy Spirit, let them know they don't, they don't any longer have to be stuck. So Father, would you do your business? I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.